at SAFM with Ashraf Gardner. Let me give you my thoughts on that telco mobile advert uh, that you may have seen uh, the blink to download in a few minutes' time. Let's have a chat to the newly appointed editor of uh, the Mail and Guardian, Chris Roper. So what is it? Editor, editor-in-chief? You're the editor-in-chief. I'm the editor-in-chief and right. Angela Quintal is the editor. Yeah. And, and the difference? Well, I'm the f- I think I'm the first ever online editor to take over at a, at a newspaper. So... Um, the big difference is that I'm in charge of overall strategy, which is, of course, a largely a digital-first digital strategy. Mm-hmm. And then Angela's in charge of the newsrooms and the, and the news and the content, basically. And, and, uh, and uh, has that been done elsewhere? Because um, it picks up a lot of what we were talking about earlier with, with, uh, with Mike from Cerebra, just about, you know, digital and, well, he didn't mention print because you're not talking journalism, but just the importance of digital in yeah. terms of where it goes, yeah? Yeah, well, I mean, in his case, you are talking journalism as well. I think that's the difference. And he made that point, actually, that... Uh, Anybody can be a, ju- a journalist. He, put he is the blogger. Yeah, yeah he put inverted commas around yeah. it. I actually wouldn't, you know. Um, it's been done in, in other places in the world, definitely. And uh, in all newspaper, um, in all media houses we, which are um, succeeding and not dying, it's been done. So it's something that's, I don't know if it's been done in South Africa. It's certainly an essential part of any news organization today. You've got to have somebody who's in charge of the overall digital strategy. Because, you know, today... The, the, the kind of delineation between print and online and mobile and tablets it doesn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. It's all just multi-platform. The story is what counts. And, you know, newsrooms now about where does the story go up first. And it's always, almost always going to be either online or, or on social media. Both of us have got uh, tablets as we're talking. And it's a point I made to my wife the other day. I said, this is the diary. This is the diary. Mm-hmm. This is the engine. It's all in this, this one book that you carry every single day. And, and that's just mm-hmm. the way it goes. Talk, talk to me about... Uh, your experiences in terms of the website from from mm. and Gun, because I think there's an interesting point you brought up off the air about size of the print versus yeah, size of the yeah. website. Yeah. Well, the Mail and Garden is a very old website. It's 20 years old, so it's uh, the first news website in Africa. And then people, uh, ex-editors, keep telling me it's like the fourth or fifth news website in the world. Mm, mm. Um, wow. So yeah, which I, I can't actually check that last one, but we're definitely the first in Africa. So 20 years old. So we've been doing it for quite a long time. So importantly, you, you're way ahead of of other South African agencies. At that stage, um, right? we we've been ahead at various um, junctures. I'd like to think we're still ahead. I mean, for example, on Twitter we have uh, I mean we have about fifty thousand subscriptions, uh, uh, readers a week on the newspaper, and about one point two million on the on the website. And our competitors are much much bigger than us in South Africa. And yet we have the biggest Twitter following, I think, in South Africa. So so what, what does that mean for you? Uh, not just the Twitter following, but but the fact that you have this. Mm. Your, your online presence and, and readership, if I can call it that, is actually larger yeah. than the print. Is that right? Yeah, well, that should be true of all newspapers in South Africa mm-hmm. by now, mm-hmm. definitely. Um, well, it's all about revenue. I mean, revenue on newspapers is, is sinking dramatically. Circulation on all newspapers in South Africa is sinking dramatically. Not so badly on the Mail and Garden. We're only a couple of percent down. And I think that's because of our digital strategy where we don't, for example, other newspapers will um, embargo their own content for a while. Mm-hmm. We actually publish our newspaper online before it gets to your house in a print form. So I think that's quite important to us. Um, why, why is that important? Wh- why is it important to I, I, I know, for example, uh, let's, let's, take, let's take your form editor, if you happen from the City Press, they, they would tease along a story on, on a Saturday night. Yeah. Yeah, they, wouldn't, uh, they wouldn't reveal, right? Yeah. Get the newspaper first. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, cause that's kind of a, um, a last-ditch desperate attempt to keep circulation going. Mm-hmm. The Man and Garden, we've perfectly comfortable with the fact that our circulation is dropping and that in a, a very short time, we might not even have a print product. You know, so we're building towards a future where our digital revenue can um, 
match the drop in, in print revenue, basically. So currently we're on about, I think, 20% of our revenue is from, is from digital, um, and we hope to get to over 50%. And I think that's what all, all news organizations should be aiming for nowadays. There's just no way you're going you're gonna to sustain a, a print in the, in the way it is now. So for, I mean, I've been working online for also about 20 years now, and most of the time I've had to say things like, incredibly stupid things like, print is dead. I don't believe print is dead. I mean, that, only an idiot would say that. Mm-hmm. But certainly the news industry and print in the way we see it now, that is dying at a horrible and, and painful rate. Mm-hmm. So, so therefore, just to go back then to the appointments, right? So Nick goes off to the Hindustan Times in India, uh, and he leaves you set, uh, sort of seventh of August, right? Yeah. So, right. so it's it's imminent now, right? Uh, so your job then, Angela, would be, would you be working together on two different platforms? I mean, is the no, content no. the same or, or what? No, no. Um, in a very very short time, within two months, we're going to have only one newsroom. Only one subs desk. We're even going to converge the advertising salespeople into one department. You know, there's no more online versus print. There's no more print versus tablet, tablet versus mobile. It's one newsroom. Angela's in charge of the news, the news side of it. I'm in charge of how content gets put up, where it gets put up, new products. You know, do we go with a massive HTML5 kind of take on an Amar Bugani story? Do we run with it? Do we keep it um, and massage it for print and only break on social media, that kind of thing? So it's going to be one organization. It's, it's quite an exciting thing. I, I'm not, oh. I don't know if it's been done in South Africa. You know, probably well, I was going to ask you, how, how unique is that? Well, it's pretty unique in the world. Um, I mean, I've, I've, I've done research trips to The Guardian, New York Times, Wall Street Journal, a bunch of Scandinavian newspapers. And, and on average... Um, a lot of, most newspapers in the world haven't quite grasped this concept yet that you actually the only thing that counts is the story where it goes up is utterly irrelevant where you've got to go where the people are where they want to consume a story that's where you must give it to them it does add quite a few complexities so you can't have the same story that you have in a a newspaper appearing on your mobile site you know you've got to massage in certain ways you've got to rewrite in, the headlines in what way? or a whole bunch of ways for example if you're running a story on, on the website you can have massive multimedia and loads and loads of, of uh, HTML kickoffs to other parts of the story. If you're writing it on mobile, you're not going to want people to click out all the time, so you're going to have to add the detail that could just be taken care of by a link in an in a, in a HTML story. You have to add a kind of a, a little bit of a detail to that. You've got to rewrite headlines uh, for Twitter, for Facebook, that kind of thing. Yeah, and so, so there's a different so, so stories may be the same and the platforms converge, but, but there is a, a different treatment to them. And they said rewriting the headline. And, and why so that, yeah. that, that the survey suggests that that person, the same person who may actually go to you on both platforms, would expect to read it differently. Absolutely. And also the same person who goes to you on different platforms goes at different times of the day, for example. Mm-hmm. And it's a hugely, fantastically fun job. This. So, for example, at night time when you're sitting back and reading on your tablet, you want the story told in a different kind of way. Lots more visuals, perhaps. In the morning when you're going to work, you're checking it on your mobile. You just want the, the, the kind of core of a story. You don't want to have to go into all the details. You know, you'll follow it up later. You want to know that there's a whole bunch of cool video that you can see about the story, but you're not going to watch it to your, you know, during your tea break at work. You're going to say, okay, I'm going to go home now. I'm going to watch it on my, on my iPad or something. Mm. Now, now, what about that very important word called paywalls? Mm. Business Day has got their opinion, and we've chatted about this a couple of weeks back already. Yeah. On it. What, what are your thoughts? Well, I think paywalls of some sort are inevitable. Um, we already have we already sell our content that we used to give away for free. So, for example, if you want to read us on a um, on an iPhone app, you've got to pay for the iPhone app. 
on our Android app. You've got to pay for that. You've got to subscribe, a monthly subscription. Um, if you want to read us on our one of our tablet editions, you've got to get a monthly or six monthly subscription. So we already do have a sort of a paywall, paywall there, but that, mm-hmm. that paywall is attached to the device. If you want to see it in another format, then you pay. Um, online, I think, you know, I can't see any website that wants to survive not working out some way to charge for content because the advertising revenue from online is it's going to take a long, long time before it matches the, mm. uh, the revenue you get. So, so you're saying, in fact, that those that, that they feel that, uh, you know, if we have an option in terms of websites and four of them don't charge and one charges, even the one that's pretty good, uh, I just have so many options, I just go mm. to the other ones. Mm. I mean, do, you not, do you not see that? Oh, absolutely. That's why, you know, people like the New York Times have a poorest paywall. Because you want to make sure. So, so their traffic hardly suffered at all when they put up a paywall because you allowed 10 stories a month, I think it was at the time, mm. before you have to pay. So it really relies on, on people wanting to pay, which many, many people do actually. Um, whether, whether it's an, enough of a percentage of your overall traffic is another story. But the other thing is that there's so much commodity news that our perspective is, uh, our position is that we don't actually want to be a commodity news site. Like, like we, we've grown our traffic by 80% in the last year. Um, across across platforms, you know we've grown our revenue by thirty percent. We've um, we've grown our mobile by two thousand percent, which I still yeah, think is wow. a bit of a funny <laughs> funny number. But my, right. my CTO assures <laughs> me that's correct. Anyway, yeah. um, but I would actually prefer a time when we start losing readership in, in that sense, because most of the readers on websites are guys who come to you. They don't even know who you are. They'll read a story. They've got their bot via Google, and then they bug it off again. You know. So I prefer to have readers who actually want to be there. You know, I would, I would foresee a future where we don't run SARPA copy or AFP copy or any feed copy whatsoever. A future where the Managon actually doesn't get into the breaking news um, world. You know, that's a very specialist kind of world, and it's a world that relies on volume. I'd rather have only half a million readers a month, understand exactly who those readers are, be able to give them what they want, where they want, mm-hmm. rely on them paying for those things, and you know, relying on knowing who they are so we can sell that knowledge to advertisers. All right, it leads me to an important one. I'll probably ask Angela about it when she finally can talk to us in about a month or so, right? Which is, you know, ultimately, you're going to be driven by the news. Mm. All the things you mentioned are very important, and we Mm. know that. But if if the content doesn't give me a reason to get to you, Mm. you're dead. And keep that in mind that I think there's a latest survey that City Press is is certainly not the biggest paper, Mm. but is now the agenda set is most quoted by by peers. I mean, how much Mm. of that is a concern for the mail-in card? Well, the City Press example... City Press is a fantastic newspaper, no, no question about it. And Farrah Hafiji, I think, is uh, she's actually a, a hero of mine as an editor. Um, but City Press has a very poor digital strategy. So mm-hmm. they have like 50% less traffic than we do with way more paper circulation. Um, you know, so, so what you measure needs to reflect where your business plan is going. So I don't think we're that concerned because they, you know, a lot of a lot of what the media tenders survey looks at. Um, is like big ruptured events, rupturing events. So mm-hmm. think, you know, Oscar Pistorius, that kind uh, of thing. Yeah, day, that yeah, 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 great story as well. Uh, mm-hmm. Although that, that story was broken by the PE Herald, yes. who didn't have it on their website. You know, so City Press just took it, rewrote it. Okay, so there's br- a lesson there, right? It's, it's a lesson. It's, it's, an, <laughs> indict- it's an indictment. You know, so so meaning so, uh, meaning what? The PE Herald is is a big paper in Port Elizabeth. But yeah. I don't read, and probably so yeah. does 95% of the country not read it. Yeah. If they had the website, they would direct all of us. They'd also put it on social media and direct yeah. us to that. And they don't have that, and they don't have the journals to do just that. So yeah. they lose the big story. Yeah, they would have doubled their traffic, I think, if, if they'd yeah. uh, put up the story on their on the website in time. 
But I'm sure that, you know, look, let me not criticize other people because we are resource crunchers. We, you know, get it wrong all the time as well. So, you know, it all depends on, on how much you can afford to do. Um, but just back to the city press. Um, there's n- never going to come a time where we are worried about our competitors. We need more of these competitors. You know, I mean, I, I wish the city press at Sunday Times would flourish more online because that's kind of because co- the only way to get readers is to create them, really. You know, and I mean, they need to help us with that job. It's not so, so whether or not who's the most quoted, blah blah. That doesn't really matter because that's a print statistic. That's something that in three years' time will not exist anymore. Mm. You know, so it doesn't mm-hmm. really matter to me. I mean, it's who's the most retweeted, who's got the most engagement. So, so you're very confident that I will not buy the Mail and Guardian in three. Years time, I may read it on, on the, in my channel. No, no, I'm very, I'm very confident. I'll probably subscribe, or if I'm not doing it already, anyway. I'm very confident you will buy it in three years' time, but you'll be buying it on a on a tablet or whatever <laughs> device those mad Americans think of by then. We'll see yeah, about but that. that. But right. one other thing is that you will be buying a version of the Man and Garden, so we definitely will have a print product in three years' time. Whether it will be a newspaper, the way it is now, it's another story. It might be a weekly magazine, which is full of analysis and mm. less. And less focused on breaking news and, and, and scoops. You know? I mean, scoops are a dead thing in the 21st century for newspapers, basically. Mm, okay, just, just the last thing. Your, your ultimate unique selling point would be what? Then? For the Merlin Garden. Mm. Well, in, in investigative and analytical journalism. You know, telling the people, giving people the tools to understand what, what, what South Africa is to them and how they can help and what they can do in South Africa. Okay, Chris Roper, having uh, learned the ropes, you're very much the man in charge and are part of a unique double uh, team that will sort of take shape sometime next month indeed uh, and we'll certainly chat about that and reflect on their success maybe a hundred years or so, hundred days, not hundred years. Uh, maybe a hundred years is a hundred days nowadays, understandably so, we'll chat about that some other time. Thanks so much for your time and well done on, on the new position there, right? Thank you. Right, we're going to chat about... Uh, uh, issues around uh, around branding. There's a new book that's just come out, and we'll chat about internet users that have grown by two million. It's exactly the point that Chris uh, Roper is, in fact, uh, talking about. We'll do it right after this. Ever wondered how long it takes to renew your TV license? Why not pop into the Brooklyn Mall from the 23rd to 28th of July in Pretoria and put us to the test? Our friendly TV license staff will be able to update your address and contact details, even assist you with completing a monthly or annual debit order, as well as accepting payments via cash, debit or credit card. What's more is that we also have an exciting competition where you can win a 32-inch LCD TV for free. So, for quick and convenient service, come and visit the TV license kiosk in the Brooklyn Mall at the Woolworths Court from the 23rd until the 28th of July. TV licenses, making a difference. Have you ever apologized for your lack of knowledge regarding financial matters and considered what are the implications it may have on your future and that of your family? Each week I explore a different financial principle to ensure that you will have a secure future and peace of mind right into retirement and hopefully give you a better understanding of the process required before purchasing a financial product or making an investment, thus ensuring that you are better informed before making decisions about your current situation and financial future. I'm Brian Hirsch. Join me every Tuesday morning at 10. Hi, I'm Valen Kirti. I'm a Shake the World Ambassador, which means that I support the eight millennium development goals set by the United Nations in 2000. Lime green, orange and dark green bees adorn my wrist because I support goal two, achieving primary education. Goal number three, promoting gender equality and empowering women. And goal seven, ensuring environmental sustainability. These are massive tasks which will need the energy of millions. 
My support is how I shake the world. How do you shake the world? Shake, shake. This is SAFM. You asked for it, and now it's here. SAFM proudly presents the best of the African Connection Christian Wamba, the dance edition. Dance yourself silly in this compilation of the best dance numbers of the African Connection Christian Wamba, now available at reputable CD outlets. Right, we're going to chat to Dr. Thomas, Thomas Oesthuizen in just a second, but, but make a note of this. The National Department of Rural Development and Land Reform, together with the Gauteng Provincial, will be hosting the 1930 Natives Land Act Exhibition from the 26th of July to the 4th of August at the NASDAQ Expo Centre. The exhibition is part of making or marking 100 years since the introduction of the 1930 Natives Land Act. All citizens are invited to come and take a short walk through history and see how many steps were taken in South Africa's long walk to freedom. Entrance is free. Media at SAFM with Ashraf Gardner. Right, we're going to talk about the brand book now. Let me just advise you. We're going to ask you a question uh, from the conversation and we'll give away three of the, the books of the first three people to get it correctly. So listen very, very attentively, and then you can SMS to 34701. Not now, just now. So with me, Dr. Thomas Oeste is an author of The Brand Book. Good chatting to you. Hi. Hi, Ashraf. How are you? I'm very good indeed. Right now, interesting, we've been talking about marketing and branding and brand communications all throughout the last two hours, and everybody has their own take on it, right? Why, why the book for you? Um, Ashraf, I, I tell you, I, I think it's, I've, I've had so many experiences and I was actually so lucky throughout my life to work with exceptional clients and exceptional people that I've had so many experiences that I wanted to really put to book because I thought a lot of books, there's a lot of books on branding, a lot of books on marketing, but I thought that what was required was something that was really quite easy, simple to read, jargon free, with a lot of examples of really what worked for me, you know, so it's it's basically almost a personal um, report in a way. It's the wrong word, but a personal report of of what worked for me in branding. In other words, what did I find made the process simpler, easier, faster, um, certainly more efficient, uh, less wastage. You know, what worked for me in branding. So that's really the reason why I wrote the book. I understand the book is only 125 pages long. Now that is a dream for a kid in school to say. I like this author. Why only 125 pages when normally like 250 or standard? Uh, that was that was fairly deliberate. Uh, you will also see I put a lot of questions in there. Um, the questions are essentially questions that even CEOs I think sometimes may struggle to answer because a lot of it is really questions about your business and understanding your customers. And so, so what I try to do is to have a mix between how to, in inverted commas, examples. 
questions I think companies should ask themselves about their business, and those are really things that through hard experience I've experienced myself. What are the issues that are important? In other words, who are my most important customers? What do they want from me? You know, why do they defect? Why do they stay with me? Why do I attract them, et cetera, et cetera? So there's a whole host of them. So although the book is only 125 pages, which is what I tried to do, I wanted to sort of stay within the range of 120 to 150. And, And why so? To keep it simple, hey, to to make it something that, as a friend of mine that I really have a huge amount of uh, appreciation for, called me and said, listen, this is the first time in my life I could actually read a book that made sense to me in one morning. Um, I did it very deliberately because I wanted to make it simple and easy and accessible. Um, as you know, because you could basically write a book, Ashraf, about any particular topic in marketing. There's books written about Absolutely. every single facet, you know, tombs of four, five hundred pages sometimes. So this was not, I wanted to look at something that overall works. In other words, what are the elements? And that's how I, I did it. What are the elements that worked for me? How do I, you know, if you put one one together, how do you get three or five instead of two? Mm. In other words, what are the elements of branding? Reduce them to their simplest possible uh, understandable format. Um, illustrate them. Tell people exactly what worked for me in terms of those facets of the book. And really, that's why, in a way, for me, it's a how-to in branding. In other words, it's what are the simple things that you need to do? What are the things you need to align? And there are lots of additional things you can ask, and that's why I have the questions. You know, the questions are basically in there. If, if you want to go into a lot more depth, I promise you, if you start thinking about those questions, you will find the book has a lot of other layers. But at its most basic layer, I wanted to give people a simple how-to. If you align the following things, you know, then your brand will be successful. So, so um, what so then? Really what then? My old departure point, hence why I made it quite short. All right. So, so very briefly, just give us your story in terms of your journey in in branding, and then what, in fact, did work for you? What worked for you? Um, I, 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 you know, I, saw, I was lucky in a way that I started working for a bank, a Standard Bank, many, many years ago. I don't even want to say how long ago. Um, and I worked in a branch, so I had, I initially had a lot of on the ground working experience before I entered marketing. I then studied and I worked for um, a company called Colgate. You know, those guys like Unilever, Procter and Gamble, Colgate—they're really the icons of how branding works in the world. I mean, they were the, the people that wrote the textbooks, frankly, on it. Um, so, and then I was very really lucky. I had a subsequent number of amazing jobs where I experienced firsthand how to brand. I worked for a bank again. I worked for an agency for many years. I owned my own agency. I owned a brand agency. So I was very really lucky that I had a diversified range of experience that exposed me to all the facets of branding. And if I, and to, make, to tell you how simply how, you know, what makes a brand work, it is one something that um, giving customers something they want, um, and that is real understanding quite deeply what they, what they want to need. 
Um, it is secondly positioning it right, in other words, communicating the right message about your brand. And that may sound simple, but it's one of one of the most complex areas of mm, marketing, mm, and mm. I've tried to illustrate that quite extensively. So, so you're saying positioning, just, just repeat it is that? about yeah. delivering what you promise. In other words, you know, the story about banks, you go into the bank and you don't get what you want. So it's about fundamentally delivering what you promise. It is about packaging it in a way that people want to buy it. If you look at Apple products, they're always beautifully packaged. If you see the brand, you know, you're automatically excited even before you open the package. Um, then it's about uh, having the right trade distribution. In other words, being in the right places where people actually want to buy your brand. A major, major issue if you take brands like Coca-Cola. That's been massively important in their success. Um, and then, you know, ultimately being in touch with your customers all the way. And then I elaborate on a number of other issues. But there are basically four or five components, Ashraf. If you align those components, I promise you your brand will work. Mm-hmm. And if you understand where you go wrong, you also will know where to start focusing. Because I find often we waste a lot of money and effort in marketing by doing the wrong things. And if we just sit back and do some analysis and review what we're doing, we often will find that the answers are right there in terms of where we make mistakes and where we can become a lot more efficient and, okay. and targeted. Now, now, now the, last, the last question then to you, right? What is it, and, and you said lots of things and they all make lots of sense to me, but what is the one thing that is so unique about this book that people must read it? I, I, I don't think there's any book available that in 128 pages will tell you as much about branding and about the aspects of branding and how to put it together in a sensible, logical and economical way I don't believe there's another book available like that. And it's horrible to have to say that about your own book, but I, that I really believe that's what I think is the, is the selling point. It's very to the point, very simple, but it very clearly outlines exactly what you need to do um, to make your brand successful. Well, I'm going to get the book, and I will give you my feedback on it as well. Thank you so much. It certainly got me excited. Thank you, Dr. Thomas Dwester is an author of the book, The Brand Book, which you can also check on his website, download it, drthomasbrand.co.za. Right.